This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Aaron Robertson, the president of Robertson Insurance Group. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Bet. We're also going to talk with Imad Gerges, a bookkeeping expert and the owner of Simply Bookkeeping. Imad, welcome back to the show. Always love being here, Mark. Thanks I do again. have to comment on the shirt, though. It looks great. Hey, I appreciate <laughs> it. Did you wear it black just because you're contrasting against a white background? I, I had a feeling, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> In studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, welcome back to the show. Always glad to be here. And I'm your host, Mark Evinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring low-cost administrative and social media experts from outside the United States. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, Visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. All right. So it's not quite cooler weather yet here in San Antonio. We're still in triple digits, right? This has got to stop at some point. Aaron, you just came back from Alaska. We just hear people here in San Antonio don't really appreciate you going to Alaska during the summer, though. (laughs) (laughs) I can appreciate it. It was a high of 63 degrees. I just put all my hoodies back up on the on the uh, on the closet. So yeah, I uh, was a little bit of shock getting back, but it was absolutely beautiful, lovely weather, great people, great fishing. But I'm glad to be back home. Really, you're glad to be back. I don't know if I can say <laughs> that. Just, maybe in September or October, it's glad to be back. How's the humidity there in Alaska? Um, not much actually. There, you know, it's there's it's, it's all coastal, obviously, but there's not a whole lot of humidity. My hair didn't frizz out or anything like that, but. Uh, it was it was really good. Okay, yes. let me ask something that yeah. might have not a huge positive answer. How were the mosquitoes? Yeah, negligible. I, <gasps> none. none. Yeah, I had I, I had wild. I had one issue when we flew out to fly out trip to um, one of the islands. I forget the name of it. Some some native name. But we out there, and as soon as we got there, I was surrounded by some gnats type deals. Maybe some mosquitoes. Give me a quick spritz. Then after we <laughs> left that one spot, I never dealt with them again. Got in the boat, we were good to go. Uh, loaded up on silver salmon, um, some coho, um, and some um, sockeye, and uh, never saw them again. So I hear that a lot, but I didn't have a whole lot of that issue this mm. time. Yeah. Is it true you can catch salmon with your hands in the rivers? If you live there, you can. If you yeah. don't live there, you can go to jail for that, apparently. That's oh. what I've heard. Yeah, so last time I was there in 2021, I was there uh, while while having COVID, which makes the trip a little bit different than this trip. But um, yeah, I was out there standing in the Russian River, and a guy came on a drip boat and asked, he said, you, you catch any fish? I said, no, but I'm seeing a bunch. He goes, where? I go, they're right here, literally a foot in front of me. And I thought, if I had just a net, I could just load up. And he says, well, you can if you live here. You're a native, right? Native, they have a, they have a, a subsistence uh, quota that you can catch 60 fish a day. Oh, because wow. You wow. Remember, How much are you going to eat? I mean, that's a lot for, su- for But sustenance. you got to remember, eighteen. <laughs> yeah. right now it's 18-hour days. The sun's oh. up for 18 hours. So they got to freeze And them. then when you go into the wintertime, guess what? There's no sun, yeah. and you can't, you can't fish. Up. So you're stocking up and smoking it for the whole year. Gotcha. So that is a different, yeah, we just can't go down the refri- you know, refrigerator and pick up some you know, salmon. So those guys are doing it for year-round. Well, that's good. Absolutely. I think that's cool. Uh, also, don't they get paid to live there, too? Don't they get, like, a check from the government? It's possible. Yeah. I think so. That heard. sounds familiar. Who knows? All right. Well, so 
When it comes to doing tasks, we're all business owners here. Um, there's certain things we like to do and things we don't like to do. I would say data entry is probably at the top of the list of the things that we do not want to do, right? <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, let's just talk a little bit about it. So, like, um, upkeeping your uh, CRM, I mean, is that is that something that we're, Imad, is that something that you're doing for your business? Do you keep your CRM or does somebody else do that for you? If someone actually does it for us. Okay. Yeah, yeah which has been great. Um, when you mentioned business tasks, yeah, that's definitely one of the items that you definitely want to delegate out, but you want to stay on top of it as well. Sorry. Yeah, what are some of the things that you do in your CRM or that are that is done in there to help keep your, I guess, your your sales team or your folks sharp? Like, what are some, because I've heard things like ha- like tag things and whatnot. I know very little about that world, but there are things in there you can do to really kind of sharpen that up, and I know Heather's going to know more answers. <laughs> but I wanted to start with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what we do is... uh. A lot of our business actually comes from referrals. Um, so we always keep track of who it was from, uh, what their business is, everything. We write everything down. We keep track of all point of contacts, whether it was by email, phone, text message, um, if there was a campaign that they were set up in. So we make sure that every touch is recorded so we can keep track of the frequency of when they're being visited, right? And then at the end of the month, then we can revisit and see, okay, who closed and what is what our percentages are. So we try to kind of maximize that as best as possible. Heather? Well, I think the touches are, are key because if you're not regularly getting in front of your audience somehow, the people that already know, like, and trust you, not that they're going to forget about you, but you're not going to be top of mind. And CRMs are just that higher level of being able to keep track of it. Um, it's It costs money, <laughs> which is... The one part where I see a lot of business owners avoid getting a CRM because they don't want to pay for it. They think they can just kind of keep track of it. But it just gives you as an owner a higher level of accountability for your team. Because it's one thing to try to keep track of what your team is doing if they're just keeping it on their notepad. But if you can actually go in from a higher level view and see like how many times did my sales team reach out to their database of contacts and what are the conversion rates between... I've reached out to them this many times and I'm getting this many sales, gives you the information you need to direct activity. So if you're not keeping up with it, the information is not there to tell you any insights that you can use. Aaron, what do you guys do? Oh, I, you're preaching to the choir. I (laughs) I wish I started insurance in 2008. I wish I'd have had a CRM in 2016. Uh, When I first started, I think of the index card file that I yeah. had when I <laughs> and all those cards that let, got lost in the back of my Tahoe or thrown away over time. And there's not a digital way of keep track of those things. I wish I'd have done that f- from day one. That'd have been fantastic because I think of all the leads or all the business opportunities that I've now missed because those people are gone. Yeah. They may, mm-hmm. you know, but you know that's 100% in the process of uh, uh, when we have a new client call. The first thing that goes into our to our CRM, we also have an agency management system that uh, does some things for us. But I, I want to know as much data about you as possible. I want to know exactly how you came to call our agency. I want to know what you're calling for. What is your preferred method of contact, phone, text, email? Maybe some people aren't into text messaging. I, I don't mind text. There's a different generation that that loves email or they love you know, I have some that are prefer Snapchat, believe it or not. And I'll do whatever you want to do. I don't care as long as we can talk, yeah. right? Uh, the other thing is, is like I want to know. Uh, I w- we have a ranking system, um, so one through five. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you would be a number one client for us. 
Uh, if you're a five, you're probably going to be breaking up with uh, pretty soon, right? We'll find a way to shake hands <laughs> oh, and part so, as friends. Yeah. So you're ranking how well you like them. Well, how easy they are to do business with. Oh, gotcha. Uh, that's we'll Same get into that. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I operate on transparency. So uh, the more transparent, the higher your score tends to be, right? The other thing is, is every other Friday we do Pie Day Friday. And when you call, I want to know what flavor your pie is. What is your favorite flavor pie? Because every other Friday we deliver two pies to people mm-hmm. that uh, that just, are fives. No, that are they just need <laughs> they need a pick me up. They've had a rough claim situation. They uh. had a death in the family. They had a loss. They had something crazy happen. I'm like this, she needs to be pied. And I personally deliver those every other Friday. But you know, right now insurance is hard. Mm-hmm. Being a decent human being is easy. That's the mm-hmm. easy part right now. Um, and we'll get into why insurance is hard, but that's the thing that I want to know as much information about that as possible so I can focus and drill down on my clients. Love it. Love it. Good uses of CRM. All right. All right. We're first up on the show is Aaron Robertson, the president of Robertson Insurance Group. Um, Aaron, so how long have you, or how did you get involved in the insurance business? Well, it's a long story. I'll keep it as short as I possibly can. So I got involved in insurance, uh, when I was, um, in, uh, college, I started knowing a little bit about about, uh, insurance. So my wife's cousin was a regional manager for uh, uh, Aflac. Uh, He came and bought a car for me and I saw that, you know, he did real well financially. I didn't know what that really meant until I was selling him a car. I went and took a peek at his financial records and saw, holy crap, that's a lot of money, right? And I know this guy's not good as me. So I decided to get involved in insurance. So that was in 2008. Uh, I've then uh, uh, become a manager in San Antonio with that same organization, Aflac. Great products, great company. Um, and I just decided that more of my clients wanted to do more business with me than I could allow them with, uh, with just Aflac. And so I decided what are the problems that my clients are consistently seeing? And it's everything from health insurance to, to home and auto insurance to commercial insurance. So we want to be the, uh, that, that, solution that easy button so to speak for all of our small to medium-sized businesses because they're like why can't i just buy everything from you i thought you can so let's just do that so i decided to uh, branch out so i started uh moved to san antonio in 2011 still with aflac and i branched out to uh the commercial lines personal lines and all aspects of insurance in roughly 2016 and uh we've been living the dream ever since so that's how i kind of got started in it and you actually became your own broker. You didn't just become an agent at a larger firm. What spurred that decision? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I wasn't prepared. But, I'll, I, again, I'm okay. transparent. I'll tell it. So uh, I did start with uh, a farmer's broker, a great friend of mine. He's, he's a big farmer's agency here in San Antonio. I learned a ton from him. Uh, one of the things I learned is sometimes I learn more from about what not to do and it's no slam against him, but what it was is I just thought there's gotta be a better way. Right? So I learned as much as I possibly could, but my own lack of knowledge was basically a stumbling block for, for my commissions. I I'd had to wait for somebody to show me how to do things and I don't like that. I need to figure a way to, you know, figure a way to make it happen and go. So I did train with him and one day he had a little meeting. It got kind of sideways and he wasn't necessarily yelling at me, but when he, what he said resonated so much that I took action. He goes, if you think you can go open up an agency and do this better than me, go do it. And I go, you're right. I'm going to go back. Mm, my sold. Stuff. 
What a great suggestion. And, and I just told well, him, how says, soon after that did you leave? Oh, the same. I mean, I was packing my, I left and got a box. Oh, oh, wow. Absolutely. I mean, and I told him, I said, look, it's just, bef- I love you as a person. Mm-hmm. Before I hate you as a person, I have mm-hmm. to sever our business relationship. And we're, I talked to him, I talked to him yesterday. Well, we're still great friends because I chose to sever the, the business relationship and salvage the personal. Well, that's key. I feel like in sales, yeah. especially, it's yeah. so easy to get stuck in a situation that you're not happy with. Mm-hmm. And just live with it long enough for that resentment to grow. And then we see it all the time. You end up blowing up and the relationship is the bridge is burned. I don't know how many times I've run across that just in general, especially in real estate where people get a little resentful and they don't like it that much. And then they let it go too long. Well, fear is the root of that. Yeah, just fear. It's, they're afraid to the go ledge. out on their own. So they stay and then they're bitter over the whole thing. Well, right. and, and to be clear, I was a contractor. I was a 1099 producer, mm-hmm. so I wasn't on salary. I mean, I had really nothing other than a friendship and a loyalty to him as a friend. But, you know, he had, had put somebody in charge that was supposed to be teaching me how to do things, and she was also on commission. She later came came to work for my agency. So it's all, it's all, it's all good. Sure. Things mm-hmm. happen for a reason. But, you know, I've been self-employed since, what, 02, 01? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is not new to me. Like, I, I bet – on me a lot, and so I'm going to continue to do that. That's the most fun to do anyway, right? Yeah, it absolutely. freaks the wife out, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about uh, independent versus captive agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the difference, and why does it matter? So an independent agent, we have more options than anybody else out there. So, for example, you look at state farms, you look at farmers, you look at uh, formerly Nationwide, Allstate, uh, companies like that. Those are captives. They wear a shirt for somebody. They wear uh, they are a captive agent for that specific carrier. When you call them for that quote, what they're going to do is they're going to go to that particular computer system and give you a quote that that carrier gives them, and that's it. Right? They don't shop mm-hmm. it. They don't shop it. Exactly. Gotcha. They're going to go to that one system, and what that system spits out, that's the price. Love it or leave it. They don't care. Well, that's just the number. With an independent agency is I have 10 to 15 different options just on the home and auto side. So – there are some some home and auto carriers that right now, especially, I don't know if you have noticed, it's a pretty hard market. Hmm. Um, there are some carriers who will only take brand new construction. There will, there's only some carriers that will take slab homes only. They won't take pier and beam. They won't take mobile homes. So I need to find a way to kind of get creative and find a particular carrier that's going to give you the best price with the best coverage. And that's kind of our tagline, right? The best best price for the best coverage available and if that changes in a year or two years, I need to let you know, hey, I've got something better for you. You don't need to call me and go, man, I, my rate went up 300%. Can you, could you do something about that? I've, we're already on it. Through a CRM, through agency management systems, we know. I have a, I have a file and a reminder. If your stuff goes up a certain percentage, I get notified and goes in the remarket fund when we're already shopping for you. That's really good because, uh, I mean, I think you would agree when people are – we're paying customers for years, Right. We could get lost in that whole thing as opposed to somebody keeping an eye on it in our benefits. Like, hey, if there's a better deal, we're going to know about it. We're going to let you know. That's a pretty slick arrangement. Oh, yeah. I think I feel like especially on the residential side, people just get stuck in that loop. And I'll admit I'm one of them. I just got my homeowner's insurance. And as long as it's not astronomical, like I don't buck the status quo, I'm just going to keep paying it. And I don't hear from the person but you're who proactive. got it for me, right? Very proactive, yes, sir. Like, well, especially that's got to be unique, man. Well, it is. It presents problems, right? It presents issues that, you know, I feel like maybe if I did buck the system and call her and go, hey, Heather, your stuff went up. Oh, my gosh, you would flip out. Where 
maybe it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, right? But I still mm-hmm. think I owe that to the client. I right. feel like a lot of insurance agents do out of sight, like they bet on the out of sight, out of mind. And it's a very passive way to go about building a business because at any moment, somebody can be like, oh, and the likelihood of them going to that exact same agent when you've just operated, like, just don't talk to them and they will never change. It's not a good bet. No. Right. So what you're doing is saying, hey, look, I'm looking out for your best interests. That builds, that's integrity, builds trust. And so why wouldn't they go back to you? And referrals. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It also keeps them top of mind, too. So if they have someone that they need help. They know exactly who to pass them over. Which over ninety percent of our new business comes from referrals. Yeah. yeah. Do you, how often are you like sending them emails or updates or information or whatever? So once once we bind, there's the, obviously the email that goes out through our CRM and agency management system that says, "Hey, thank you for trusting Robertson Insurance." There's a beautiful picture of my face and my family's, my beautiful <laughs> daughters on there, right? Um, and it goes I'm sure out. if he's being sarcastic. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud of my family. No, uh, I thought you met your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we send that out just as a thank you, right? I want them to know who they're dealing with. If they didn't talk to me specifically, which they, they may or may not, right? I want them to know who we are, that we are a member of the community. We're not sitting in some, you know, skyscraper downtown San Antonio, if that's even a thing here. <laughs> but I want them to know that we're people just like they are. We're, we're, we're dealing with the same issues. You know, I, I say this all the time. I don't just sell insurance. I'm also subject to it. So I also have homeowner's insurance increases. Last year, mine went up $1,200. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And so I had to do what I said I would do for my clients is reshop those and say, what's the best option for me? Completely absent of it being my own policy, we go out to shop it and see what's available. And I did move and I did switch to a different carrier. There you go. Yeah. So, so are you your own insurance agent? I am. You are. And I make money off myself, believe it or not, right? <laughs> I love that. So how big is your team? So we have four people right now. Uh, we are adding people. Um, I'm adding some producers to help you know get business. Right now, there's a lot of turbulence in the market, so I'm kind of scaling. I don't want to say back, but there's so few options when it comes to home and auto insurance right now that we're kind of doubling down on the commercial uh, so we're constantly looking for commercial producers, people that can help us grow out and share our brand, sh- share our, our values and share, you know, what we can do for that client and show them exactly how we're different, you know, that, that we're proactive, we're a member of their team. And, um, so around there's four, there's four of us and, uh, uh, I'm in there hooking and jabbing with them. There's none of this. Oh, I just come in on just to do payroll and leave. No, no. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's worked for me is like. He actually sells insurance. Mm-hmm. And I, I plan on selling more than you and you and you and you too. <laughs> and I usually do. But that's part of the thing I'm trying to – I love that sale part of it because I'm a salesperson at heart who just happens to sell insurance. There's a lot of people who are technology people who happen to sell insurance or accountants that do the same. I'm a salesperson. I love I love engaging with my clients. I love meeting new people. I love the whole thing. So I'm in there so- with them. Let's talk about culture. So I know when we talked before, you're very much about the culture of your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that important? And what do you like? What's the what's the gel there that keeps everything together? You know, we spend on average nine hours a day with each other, and I think the culture that I'm trying to build is a, is a, is a professional. People that know me will laugh when I use that word professional. Uh, a professional and in, in, in and team that engages the community in a fun uh, way to make insurance not so horrible. I mean, nobody goes, <laughs> oh, let's do an insurance. Let's do an insurance podcast, you right? Or let's do an insurance. Yeah. Nobody loves that. 
So the thing that I'm trying to do is like, if you don't want to know everything about the insurance policy, and that's okay, a lot of people don't. They want to know that the person that's on the other side of that phone or the email knows what they need and has their back covered 100%. So <clears throat> just instilling confidence through the conversation, getting to know about your wife, your kids, you know, what sports y'all playing? You know, uh, did you add on a pool? We had a, we added a pool to our yard uh, last year, and that will change your coverage. Those things mm-hmm. I need to know. Now, there's technology I can use to find those things out, but I'd rather just have the conversation. So that type of thing is, is I will never have a call center. You can write that down. I will never have a call center. I will never have customer-facing VAs that kind of, I guess, just offload the customer experience. I don't want to do that. If I can have a brick-and-mortar business and have people walk in that thing and sit down at my desk and share a cup of coffee or a cold soda and discuss the insurance, I would love that. That's just not where my environment is right now. It's more digital. It's more, you know, text platform, those things. I want the mom and pop feel without the mom and pop drive, if that makes sense. It does. Mm, Nobody wants to drive anymore. All right, Aaron, if uh, folks want to reach out to you, how do they do that? It's uh, We're at uh, 6202 West Avenue. It's uh, San Antonio, Texas. My phone number is 210-890-5577. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, Robertson Insurance Group. Uh, We want to help make all of your insurance decisions super simple and easy, Uh, give you the best insurance for the best price, and uh, we'd love to help. Thanks, man. Well, great job on the podcast. Thank you. I like the tagline, making insurance not so horrible <laughs> yeah. just nobody, the pause nobody goes, insurance is fantastic let's, let's do that again right? we love big insurance yeah well it's definitely it's a necessary thing man it, it, is. it really Very is cool. so. and it's good to know that there's people out there that really looking out for your best interests and shopping those prices for you that's a big deal so thanks Aaron. appreciate that i also that. like that your shirt has your phone number embroidered Look, I mean, on I got it if you're colors, watching video the brand. he's branded yeah, it's all card. branded yeah. Yeah. colors your car Oh, it's not. It's, it's turquoise. Black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, black. I mean, if, if I can find a teal F two fifty, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. But, oh, really? Yeah, the logo, <laughs> especially if I could put it on the side of my car, uh, the logo is super special. But mm-hmm. uh, that um, that came through some real hard times. But uh, I had a girl work me. She goes, "Can we change the logo?" I'm like, nope. don't you touch my logo. <laughs> we will. Fight That's with audacious. This logo. Yes. Don't you touch this thing. All right, next up on the show is Imad Gurgis, a bookkeeping expert and the owner of Simply Bookkeeping. So, Imad, welcome back to the show. Thanks again, Mark. Always a pleasure. Looking spiffy. Oh, thank you. All right, <laughs> so um, year's <laughs> end bookkeeping is coming up. Oh, that's so right. So what's your insight there? Oh, be prepared, right? Yeah. All right, so our whole thing today is we're getting closer to Q4, Um And it's a great time to, if you haven't started doing bookkeeping on your business or you have no idea what your business finances are, right now is a great time to start before it's too late, right? And too late is always what? On time, right? And that's, <laughs> I guess uh, it is in the bookkeeping world. Yeah. And so we would we don't want to wait until December or so, you know. If you're a business, uh, if you're a business that has contractors or so, you want to make sure that you have all those values up to date with your contractors so you can send out those 1099s uh, in January. You also want to look at the business side of things and see how you've done as a business for this year so that you can plan and do better for next year, right? So that's uh, there's a lot of factors there that go into year end there. Okay, what about goal setting, right? Because when do we start planning our goals? Before for the, next year? the mm-hmm. year starts, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a great 
practice to always evaluate a year before the current year and then then you can forecast and predict what you would like to set your goals for the following year so right now we're in august about to be september um you've got about eight almost uh yeah about eight months worth of data take that and see where you've how you've been doing where your strong points are what strong months uh are and then your products as well if you're if you're a product-based company you want to also have a look into that as well compare it with last year see if there was a growth why that was and then how it can play into the following year do you have those meetings one-on-one with your clients to to get those ahas from their data or they are just reading it on their own no so yes uh towards the end of the year we usually like to do um at least quarterly meetings with our clients just to see how they're doing um, but usually the last quarter meeting is the most important just to kind of summarize everything and show them how everything came to play, whether they did hit their goals, uh, if they missed it, what was the cause, how can we make it better, and how can we forecast for a better future for the following year. Yeah, so I know our Those are always one-on-ones to answer your question. We set ours with you, right? It's November? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right, but what kind of goals are we worried about even setting? Is it just money goals? Is it staffing goals? What kind of things do you guys talk about so, goal-wise? Absolutely. So depending on the business itself, let's say it's a service-based business, we want to look at, okay, one, how many customers um, they want to take in or they want to achieve more, what their dollar amount uh, set goal is, of course, um, and also what products they would like to um put into play or if there's any products that they want to erase as well. So those are kind of part of the goal setting. So that's kind of how we look at all that. So could I interchange service for product when you say what kind of products you want to put into place? Because I was going to ask a question on like, so if I'm like, well, I want to roll out service X, right? What kind of things would we be looking at? Can I afford that? Can I staff it? I mean, what are we talking about with respect to launching a new service? Absolutely. So we would look at what the root cause is, why you're choosing that a new service, right? And then how it would play into your business. Then if it's adding value, then we can look at, okay, if we put it into play, let's play it out. Let's say, okay, you're going to put in this new service. Let's have a look at the next three months and see how that service is doing. Now, typically, if you're you uh, availing a new service, it usually takes about three to six months to actually start seeing some traction. Um, but we still want to set a whole year's plan to see how it actually plays over that year. I can see where, I mean, there's some business coaching overlapping there as well, just because I've experienced that. I haven't gone through one of your quarterly reviews yet, I don't yeah. think, but Jennifer usually handles that. But I can see some overlapping there. Oh, yeah. Um, we, yeah. Me and Ahmad have definitely yes. talked yes. about okay, good. This, especially when it comes to like income stream analysis. I find that when I talk to people, a lot of the times they've got a bunch of different income streams, but they haven't actually looked at those specific streams of income and analyzed them. How often are your clients sitting down and looking at, you know, this income comes from here, I get this net profit from it, and what value does that add? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of customers, and and this is what we always like to uh, encourage, is separating out that income stream. So they'll say, you know, <laughs> there it is, right? The You're not talking about me. Or, you know, I don't know what's going on. I can think of at least four different examples, so you're not the only one. Exactly. exactly. And, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how important it is because, you know, a lot of people think, okay, bookkeeping, we just uh, we just see how much money we made, how much money we spent, how much money we're left over. But mm-hmm. you really got to utilize and and 
see, okay, how much can bookkeeping really help you out? And that's where it comes with income. So separating out those income streams, then you can see, okay, whether um, you can see which service is really breaking out the most income for you, however your business is set up and how we set it up for you. But you want to see where all those income streams are coming in because then if you're marketing a specific type, then you can start doing ROIs and start seeing, okay, what's working, what's not working. You know, the more data we have, the Mm -hmm. more we can do with it. And that's what we're always trying to encourage. I can see some difficulty when it comes to like there's an assumption that, well, this service brings in this much money, right? I mean, but without delving into the data, we might realize where we don't know that, hey, this is actually costing more to produce because of X, Y, and Z, and we're not aware of that. We're just, as as owner-operators, out at the front of the line making all the sales and having a good time doing whatever we're doing, not paying yep. attention to those type of numbers can be kind of detrimental to what we're trying to do. Absolutely. It's always good to evaluate the numbers because we might feel something, but it's not true un- until we actually look at it and then see the numbers broken down, and then we can actually see, okay, this is what it really is, and this is how it's broken down. We could... For example, if there's a specific product or service that we just enjoy selling all the time, uh, that's great and all, but is it keeping the business afloat? Is it serving the business well? Is, at the end of the day, the answer that we need to, uh, the question that we need to answer. There's a real big difference between gross income and net income. There is. And I think it's really easy to, to focus on gross income. But if you don't ever look at your net income, then uh, a dollar is technically a net. And people don't generally like hearing that when I say it. I'm like, so a dollar is okay for you to make in your business? And they're like, no. And you know, on that subject, it's really sad, or not sad, but seeing a company that's grown to well over a million dollars, but still having about a million dollars in expenses. And so Mm -hmm. their net is still, you know, close to nothing. And so And mama ain't having that. Exactly. (laughs) Right? Don't take home a lot. We got three miles to feed now. Come on. Exactly. So it's, you know, you're putting in the effort now. Let's actually make it uh, provable. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about how that matters when it comes to selling your business. Oh, yeah. So if if you're being if you're being evaluated to purchase a business or sell a business, it's super important to have a accurate balance sheet and a profit and loss sheet. That's, you know, to begin with. But also those new business owners who are buying you out are always going to look at, okay, where's your money coming from? Where's your money going? But how much is left over and does the percentage make sense? So different industries vary, but you want to see what that net percentage is because if it's too slim, then they know you're trying to just get rid of it because you can't handle it, which is putting them in a bad position. And so it's really good to evaluate, okay, what that net really is and how it's being achieved and if there's potential for growth in that area. Well, that's what people who are buying businesses are looking for, right? Because they understand all of that math and that accounting stuff <laughs> that I don't really care for. But they'll, they'll be able to go in and they know the true value of a company when the owner may not know the value because they don't have their books squared away. Exactly. I feel like you have been going through my emails right now. Like, have you ever been <laughs> stupid on my business right now? <laughs> I was looking at buying two business, two agencies, and it was personalized based. And I'm like, you know what, right now it's too volatile. You know, three, four years ago, there was a – you could probably sell for three and a half times revenue. Mm-hmm. Now you're lucky to get one, 1. 1.5, and people were proud of that. So I backed mm-hmm. off of both of those and didn't buy them. But yeah, I was like, uh, have they been looking at my emails? Because yeah. I think. <laughs> well, do you come in when people are looking to buy a business? You read my okay. mind. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so a lot of times, if, if uh, 
some folks are just trying to buy a business. They'll say, hey, can you help us understand the finances for this business before we actually purchase it? And a lot of times, you know, if you're if you're a seller on a business, you might try to hide a couple things. But at the end of the day, if you bring someone in that knows what they're doing, they'll find what's hiding, what's not hiding, uh, if the numbers are actually accurate or not. Um, sometimes, you know, a business owner that's trying to sell a business, they'll just move some money to where it's just hiding in a, you know, cost of goods or maybe an inventory and then you do an inventory check and realize it's really not that value. And so you're not buying as many assets as you thought you were. Are you who they would call to do an evaluation like that? I would be, yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Under, every it, day. It, 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 it's like a circle, right? It all comes around. It's, sure. uh, it's <laughs> the numbers. So it's uh, bring me in on the numbers and I'll be able to understand where everything's going. I feel like oh. numbers don't lie, but it's also like this is going to be a really girly comparison. But you know how like... See, elves can't lie, but they can twist the truth, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you can very easily kind of just do, 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 mm-hmm. manipulate the numbers and then it's telling a different tale. But if you come in and you square it all up, it, it, it gives you the truth. Well, we all learned that lesson when Common Core Math came out. And it's like, well, you got to take two pages of stuff and the answer is right there in the middle anywhere, somewhere in your <laughs> math. It's there, but they yeah. hid the answer amongst all the noise. Exactly, exactly. And it's also about asking the right questions, too. Um, sometimes a new business mm-hmm. owner doesn't necessarily know what to ask mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to numbers. Well, I would say also 2023 was a year that I decided that I need to be a better agency owner. I'm a great salesperson. I'm a great insurance manager, right? I'm a great agency owner. To some degree, I, I don't understand my numbers all the way, and that's one thing that I was real scared of. And to have someone that would that would you know make you feel comfortable in that in that situation, say, "Hey, look, I'm not here to judge; I'm here to help you," mm-hmm. and just kind of bear all. It, it takes it takes a lot of courage to to expose that that what you're so proud of, which is your baby, and give it to somebody. And go, hey, you know this this thing is what I have, and it's, it's not as ugly as as you know you may think, but it's. You know, it's 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 beautiful to me. You know, tell me what's wrong with it. You know, and and that that's that's so great job. That's, yeah, that's it's great. laying yourself yeah. bare. Yes, you know, it's yeah. helping while vulnerable. not telling people their babies are ugly. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to hear that. No, All right, we got to wrap up. So great show. It goes by fast. So uh, Imad, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So if they want to uh, email us, we uh, uh, you can directly email me at e. Imad, my name, E-M-A-D, at Simply Bookkeeping, and that's simply with an I, so S-I-M-P-L-I, and then double O, double K, double E, in bookkeeping, people forget. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> and then best phone number is 832-518-9368. Again, that's 832-518-9368. Thanks, Imad. All right, as a wrap up the show, quick reminder to check out our latest podcast or catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. Great job, everybody. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you.